Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Dear, tell them where we are. We are at the National Olympic Memorial Youth Center in Tokyo. We are coming to you from Japan, and uh, we will have more to say about that on another episode. But we are on a trip to speak at two homeschooling conferences in Japan, in Tokyo and Osaka, and wanted to take a few minutes just to talk about some other issues closer to home. Well, we got a great question, Hal. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, how do you deal with selfishness in your children without constant scolding? And that's a great question because, you know, one thing I've noticed about, about being in Japan is everyone is very helpful. Remarkably so. I mean, just just like on the flight, I remember it seemed like the, the, the stewards on the flight mm-hmm. would watch, and if they just noticed any confusion or distress in you, they immediately would jump in to help. It was like they were anticipating the needs of the people around them. And that's been, you know, we've been here several days now, and that's been our experience everywhere, that we, we walk in the door, if we look around like we don't have an immediate goal in mind, somebody will jump up and find somebody to speak English, to give directions, to carry a suitcase or anything. And, you know, that's, I think there's a cultural thing there. And maybe that's not well ingrained in our culture back in the United States, but we're really talking about in your home, amongst your kids, among your family members. Well, how do you deal, you know, selfishness is is a very natural thing because we are all sinners. And one of those things of being a sinner is to be very, egocentric. I'm put yourself con- on the throne. I put myself in, ch- I, I am the measure of all things and I have my will and that is the most important in my life. And that's, that's perfectly the natural man. It really is. But selfishness can really lead to a lot of conflict in your family. Yeah. And being unselfish and learning to share and to regard the feelings of one another is both biblical Yes. And it will make your family life a whole lot more pleasant. Right. So, you know, that's part of our, part of training our children, part of discipling them when they're young is to try to overcome their natural tendencies to express their sinful nature. Mm -hmm. And of course, the most important thing is introducing them to Christ because when the Holy Spirit enters into their life, he's working on their sin nature in a way that we can't even touch. Absolutely. But... At the same time, we can train them at least to behave well while we are hoping to see that movement of the Spirit in their lives. And we don't want to do it by making our house um, uh, uh, just like a den of scolding. I think that's a very good way of putting it. How do you deal with it? You know, you don't scold about something that happens only occasionally. That's a you've got no. a problem that's recurring. Well, and you know, that's something that that I really noticed in raising our children. Hal, uh-huh. that when I found myself saying all the time, when I wanted to say, "You're always doing blank," whatever blank sin was, uh-huh. I realized, wait, it's time to stop and address this. This is becoming an an ongoing issue in our family, uh-huh. and we need to deal with it. And, you know, what we may put up with when they're three or four can become absolutely fatal when they're teenagers. Absolutely. I mean, it could be something that that will change the course of their lives for the worse, you know, if it's not overcome. So we, we do want to start early on and teach our kids not to be selfish. Well, yeah, that's something that 
people that have been in our home at different times have mentioned is that they've been really impressed with the regard our kids have for each other. And that uh-huh. did not come about by accident. Uh-huh. It's something we worked really hard toward because it was important to us. It was important to us that they have each other, yeah. that they have each other's friends for a lifetime. And, you know, that they that they learn to, to behave like believers. So mm-hmm. whenever I notice myself saying, you're always doing, that's when you're entering scolding. And that's when you need to stop and address the issue with your family. This is one of the verses that I really um, worked mm-hmm. with our kids and teaching our kids about mm-hmm. um, from Philippians chapter two. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to read the whole passage How It's so good. Go ahead. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the uh, interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And, you know, it continues to explain how Jesus died so right. that we could be saved. Uh-huh. But this gives us a pattern for our kids that we as Christians are supposed to be esteeming others more highly than ourselves. And, and I think. I think we need to point out, Paul is not saying, don't think of yourself as having any worth at all. No. He's not saying, no, don't, no. He's not saying consider yourself worthless, but rather he's saying, mm-hmm. you have your own interests, you have your own concerns, but you need to look out for other people also. Because that's what love is about. Right. Love, and that you know, he starts out with that, if there's any affection, yeah, any sympathy. Right. You know, affection, sympathy, love. Love is regarding someone else's needs more highly than your own. Right. That's what love is. Well, and that's and so, what, and you know, and that is what makes a parent get up out of bed in the middle of the night to change a baby who's crying or to comfort a child who's had a bad dream because you think, I need my rest. I'm really tired. I've got to get up early tomorrow morning. But this child needs my love. And then, and that's putting the child's need above the parent's need at that point in time. And, and that's, that's something we want our children to see. That's something I hope that we are living. Absolutely. It's always, it's always, a, the best thing is a good example. Right. You know, this is something we need to be living out ourselves, looking at other people's needs and, and sacrificing our own desires and our time and attention to benefit other people. So how do you teach that? But well, how do you think, teach that? First of all, you share the word of God with them because the right. word of God is active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh-huh. You know, it will go in there and reach our kids' hearts when all the scolding in the world won't. That's right. That's what it tells and, us that in Hebrews. And I've seen that again and again. Yeah. You know, we used a book called For Instruction in Righteousness by Doorpost. Uh-huh. And often when I noticed the kids were always doing something, I would pull it down, mm-hmm. open it up, and we would just take turns reading the passages that discuss that sin in Scripture. And the hardened mm-hmm. criminal of the mm-hmm. morning, yes. you know, by the time you'd read three or four passages about it, yeah. would be like, uh, excuse me, Mom, I need to say something. I've been wrong. You know? 
Well, <laughs> great. It, it reaches their heart. And so I think first we teach them the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We teach them to be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, as, as God and Christ forgave you. Right. You know, this that we teach them those Bible verses that point them to serving others and loving others and being respectful of others. Now, mm-hmm. beyond that, though, I think that we explain why we do the things that we do. That we we do these things because this is what the scriptures require of us. This is what God leads us to do. And as our expression of love for what God has done for us, we want to be pleasing to him. And sometimes we need, just need to say to our child, you know, I, I want you to understand, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this today. Yeah. This is not what I wanted to do, but I did it because I love you. Uh-huh. And so they understand that, you know, it's not that mama loves cook, you know, uh-huh. cooking a meal when she feels tired or, yeah. you know, running errands when she want, would rather be at home, but it's that mom chooses to do those things because she loves you. Mm-hmm. The dad cho- chose to get up early and go to work because he loves you. And so I think we, you know, discuss those things, but some kids still aren't going to get a help. Well, let's talk about that, but we need to take a break and hear from our sponsor for this week. So come back and join us in just a second. Craftsman Crate is our subscription box. It teaches artisanal crafts Mm -hmm. using real tools and totally complete kits. No trips to the store, mom. Mm -hmm. It has everything. They need a pencil. It's in there and it's sharp. Mm -hmm. And they can learn all kinds of cool things like soapstone carving, wood burning, um, water marbling, all kinds of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Check it out at craftsmancrate.com. Okay, so we're talking about um, dealing with a problem of selfishness among your children without becoming a nagging scold. How do you deal with that? And you were talking about you were talking about dealing with the children themselves. I mean, what what would you have in mind? Well, some kids are just not going to get it. Well, now, now some yeah, are. Some are. I like, mean, we've got some. We've got some of both. Yeah, we got we've got one child in particular that is just so empathetic. And she can look at you and tell when a negative thought crosses your mind. Yeah, yeah I think she reads micro, micro, micro expressions that that she can she can tell how a person feels. She knows right off the. And you know, we, we've all met people like that. You may be that way yourself. But there's some people that are quite the opposite. Oh, you we just have don't. other kids that you have to plumb explain to him. How you feel, and, and then they're not mean spirited, evil just kids, but just it. they're they're they are free of thought. I, I hate to say thoughtless because that sounds no, malicious, but to no, say but just, they don't think about that naturally. They do not naturally read social cues, right. or emotional cues, right? And some people don't read those well, and particularly uh-huh. people on the spectrum, mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum, struggle yeah. with reading social cues and emotional cues. Yeah. Some kids may not be on the spectrum, but just that's not their talent. That's not their wheelhouse. Yeah. So what do you do with those kids? And I'll tell you how, what I had to do. Yeah. I had to explain it to them. Uh Uh-huh. I had to sit down. And And this is how you do it without scolding. Yes. I would sit down and sometimes role play with them. Uh Uh-huh. Because that, you know, I think about one of our children in particular had a really hard time seeing things from any perspective but his own. Uh-huh. And he was a kind, he's a kind, kind 
guy. And he wants to help people, but he just he doesn't read those things. Well, like he would, I remember teasing some of his classmates or something and hurting their feelings, and he just didn't understand why they were upset. Right. Yeah. And so say, all right, sit down with him and say, okay, I want you, I want you to understand how your friend felt. Mm-hmm. So you, I want you to pretend to be your friend, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm going to pretend to be you. Right. And I'm going to say that nasty thing. Right. And I say it, and he's, Mama, don't talk to me that way. That's the way your friend felt. Mm, okay. And so maybe and so, light starts to dull. Yeah. And so role play is really useful with these kids. Turn around. First, okay, let's role play it the way it happened. Uh-huh. Now let's switch roles. Well, because, see, that's a that's a real key to it, I think, of not being selfish is – to think about how the other person feels yes. or what the other person needs. That's how you, you count their concerns but higher than your own. You kind of have to know what their concerns are. Yes. You know, and, and that's what's hard for some kids. They really have a hard time putting themselves in the position of other people. Uh-huh. And so you've got to teach them how to do that. Okay. And if you understand that they really, they're struggling to understand it, it helps you not to be so irritable and naggy with them. And uh-huh. I, I think, too, another thing that helps is to wrap them up in doing things for others and show them some of the fun of meeting other people's needs. Uh-huh. Like I remember years ago, some friends of ours were going through a hard time. Their business was floundering, and it was Christmas, and I knew they didn't have She'd mentioned that they didn't have what they needed to, to do their Christmas baking. And so I gathered the children up and I said, hey, guys, do you remember years ago when dad got laid off and somebody gave us the stuff to do our Christmas baking? Because baking is really important in our family. And a lot of those ingredients are expensive things. Yeah, butter, for example. Chocolate chips or whatever. Yeah. And so. so they said, yeah, mom, that was so cool. That was so amazing. And I said, I'd like for us to do it for this other family and told them about the family's needs. I said, but I want it to be a secret. Mm-hmm. And so we went shopping, we bought all this stuff and then I parked down the block Yeah. and the kids got out of the van and, and snuck down to their house. Yeah. Ducking under the windows, you know, right. And left down the front porch and rang the doorbell and ran back to the van. Uh-huh. And they had so much fun. And then when my friend called to tell me about it, cause we were good friends. Yeah. And she was so excited, and I gathered the kids around, and I shared her excitement and joy. Uh-huh. And they were so proud and happy because they had brought that joy to somebody. Oh, what a great example. A great example. And, you know, well, you know, we were comforting others in the way that we've been comforted, another scripture, scriptural pattern, you know, that yeah. someone had done that for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I thought if I would have thought about it. If somebody well, hadn't done it for us. Well, you know, the Bible talks about, Peter, uh, Paul talks about, I think in 2 Corinthians, that we comfort one another with the comfort that we have received. That's right. You know, that when we have received that comfort, we say, oh, that really made a difference. I need to I need to pay that back, pay it forward, as, as we say now. Um, you know, another thing that comes to my mind, it's we, we are training dogs. We have, we've been training a, a dog to be a service animal. And we got a new puppy, and we've started the training process with her, too. And, you know, one of the things you look for 
with, uh, with young dogs is what they call resource guarding. Yes. When the dog gets very defensive about its toys or very defensive about its food bowl or something. And you want to train that out of them. Yeah, because it, it can, can lead to aggression. it can lead to aggression and other things. Well, you know, the same thing happens with their kids because the culture that we want in our family is a culture of openness and sharing. Right. That hey, grandma sent me a box of cookies. I want to share them with other people. Or you know, I got this really neat game. I'd like to play it with with my family. Or or let my let my brother or sister borrow my sweater or whatever from time to time. But they only feel like they can be open with that if they know that nobody's going to take it away from them. That, yes. and, and that's something that we as parents have to be kind of sensitive to because sometimes a child becomes, I think, clingy and, and selfish acting and defensive like that because they're frightened. They don't feel like anybody is watching out for them. And so I think that's just like we do with the puppies, you know, to say, look, you are going to have all the food you need. And if the other dog eats your food, we're going to give you more. Okay. Right. Don't. And, and so we need to kind of think, you know, watch the interaction between our kids and see, is something happening that may be bringing, provoking this reaction. Mm-hmm. And we may need to step in and deal with other kids other than just the one who's being yes. selfish. There may be more than one Maybe center to work with. Behind yeah. the scenes. Well, you know, I remember reading a study long ago, mm-hmm. and it was actually on this topic. Yeah. And they looked at how um, Americans play with their little tiny toddlers uh-huh. and how Japanese parents are playing with their toddlers. And? And they gave them each a toy, same toy. Yeah. And these moms and their babies. And the American mom said, here, let me show you how to play with this. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese moms practiced handing it back and forth to each other and saying, Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, and so teaching the child, take the toy, thank, be thankful, give me the toy, I'm thankful. And then I give it back to you. And I give it back to you. And, you know, was very formally teaching, sharing with that toy before they played with the toy. You know, I think you can do both. Yeah, I think you can do both. But you're right. And I mean, that's that. What does the culture value there? And that's, I think that's an important lesson. Yeah. You know. That that they it was that sharing that being part of the community was very important to the Japanese family. Well, mm-hmm. it's important in our families too. Yeah. And I think that sharing and not being selfish is something that we need to we need to practice and actively intentionally teach. Uh-huh. You know that, and so you talk about training our dogs. Yeah, you train the dog by giving them something that they really want, and yeah. you give them a treat, you give them praise, you give them a high value treat. If you're asking them to do something right. hard, our children are not dogs. Our children are no. made in the image of God, and they have a soul, and they're intelligent, but mm. they still respond to praise and reward, and. I think that if we look for opportunities to praise and reward our children when they do share, mm-hmm. when they are unselfish, yeah. as well as correcting the selfishness, yeah. you know, that it's two things. You know, we correct yeah. the selfishness. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Right. This is what the scripture says. We also reward the unselfishness and the good behavior. I saw you. Yeah. I saw you. That was the last one of those candies you had, and I saw you give it to your brother, and yes. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And I know you weren't expecting this, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We're going to go get you some more candy today because I really love to see that behavior. Wow. And you know, when, you, when you do that, 
it, it helps them to see that you know they're that God rewards good and He does. One day yeah. there'll be an eternal reward. Yeah. You know, and but so often we see it here in this present life. Too. Yes. And so and so we absolutely. want to we want to teach yeah. them not just the negative but the positive. That's right. Well, you know, this is part of that larger picture. What kind of family culture are you building? Oh, what so does your cool. what does if if a stranger comes into your home for a time, what do they see and hear and feel? from your family's interactions. And one of the things that we've really, really, really tried to emphasize on our kids is kindness, to be gentle with one another's feelings, to be, you know, considerate of one another's space or time or belongings or whatever. And, and that's, that's kind of the flip side of the, of the selfishness is instead of being just all about me and my little cellular person, but to say we are together as a family and we work together as a family and we love one another as a family. And that's what I want our children to feel. And that's what I want visitors to our home to feel. Because it really pays off. I want to talk about this in another. Let's do another episode about this, about building a family culture. We got to go. We're out of time. All right. Well, look, we appreciate you joining us and, uh, We hope you'll join us again as we try to take biblical principles and put them to practical use in our 21st century family. So until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. (laughs) Bye-bye now. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening. <laughs>